from our first reading, the book of Genesis, chapter 28 and verse 11. Jacob came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. Uh, First of all, could I say what a great joy it is to be with you this afternoon. Uh, I was indeed here a good many months ago now uh, with my uh, fluorescent coat and hard hat and uh, it's astonishing to see uh, the wonderful and beautiful work you have done to conserve, restore and enhance this house of prayer. Um, I do believe that when you do this as you have done Uh, you are investing not just uh, in the life of the church in this generation, but you are investing in the life of God's church for many, many generations to come. Uh, And I guess every few centuries, um, a group of people are asked to do a major work like this upon their church building. And I thank God uh, that you have risen so brilliantly to the challenge of making this a house of prayer not just for yourselves, not just papering over the cracks and say it'll do until I'm carried out of here, but to say we're going to do something not not just for ourselves, but for many, many generations of men and women and children to come. And so I thank God uh, for your work, for your vision, for your generosity, and I esteem you. However, having said that, I do need to remind you uh, that the Christian church has a very, very low doctrine of buildings. On the whole, we consider buildings to be dangerous things. Uh, You may remember that the very first martyr of the church, my namesake Stephen, was stoned to death for suggesting in front of the religious authorities of his day that actually God was not worshipped in a temple made of human hands. St. Paul says to us many times in his letters reminding us that we are the place where God wishes to dwell. So, with that warning in mind, that we end up loving our buildings rather more than we love our God, let us return to Jacob. Now, the context of this little story uh, from Genesis 28 is that Jacob is fleeing from his brother Esau, and you may remember uh, the little uh, carry-on that had taken place earlier. In his loneliness, destitution and probably feelings of guilt, he decides to lie down and sleep for the night. And he takes a stone and he uses the stone as a pillow. And as he lies there and sleeps, he dreams and he sees a ladder rising from earth to heaven and the angels of God ascending and descending. Jacob then discovers 
that a God that, to be honest, he doesn't really know. A God that he's heard of, but not a God he yet knows intimately. He discovers that this God is interested in him. For we are told that God descends the ladder from heaven to earth and stands beside Jacob on the earth. And God says to Jacob, Be sure I am with you. I will keep you safe wherever you go and I will not desert you. What beautiful words that God says to Jacob. Be sure I am with you. I will keep you safe wherever you go. I will not desert you. And suddenly, Jacob finds himself caught up in the vast purposes of God. And he awakes from his sleep and he cries out, Truly, God is in this place. And I never knew it. Which place? Well, this bit of wilderness that he's lying in with this stone for a pillow. And Jacob is afraid. And he then says, How awesome is this place, this desolate place, this place with a stone for a pillow. It is nothing less than the house of God. This, says Jacob, this place is the gate of heaven. So what does Jacob do next? Well, he carefully takes his stone pillow and he sets up a monument right there, right then. And he gives that place a new name. He calls it Bethel, which means literally Beth-el, the house of God, the dwelling place of God. And as it was in ancient times for Jacob, so it is for us today. The places where God is found and experienced are marked by some human dedication. I vow to build a new church of fair stone where we may all gather Sunday by Sunday to worship God as all children of one family. Words put into the mouth of the founders of this church in 1121 AD. And at first sight, this may seem strange. It may seem strange that we say to ourselves, God is found here in this house of stone. God is found in our handiwork, not in his. God is found here in our stone altars, not in his mighty mountains. Or is that so strange? Because what we look for 
in life is not only God's presence, but also his acceptance of us. Jacob built that monument there because that was the place where he experienced God's presence with him and acceptance of him. That is the reason your forefathers built this church here. And surely that is also the reason why you were able to rise to the challenge of conserving, restoring and enhancing it. You see, even today, in a very sceptical age, we haven't all become convinced atheists. In fact, many of us are very aware of God's power and his majesty. And many people who do not come to church will still say that they experience the majesty and the might of God when they look into a star-filled sky or where they climb up a mountain, or even as they just drive down the road here and, and, and look at that wonderful view across the valley. People do still experience God in those ways. But actually, the human heart longs for more. Not just God's presence, not just God's might, not just God's majesty, but what we long for is God's love. Does God know us? Does God descend the ladder from earth to heaven and come to us? Does this mighty God accept us? The thing is this. If we do find that God does indeed dwell in what we have made, then we know that he is our friend. And this is why Jacob built his temple at that spot. Because that was the place where he discovered that God knew him. So, do we need to go to Bethlehem or to Jerusalem, or to Calvary, to know God's presence with us? Well, it is lovely to go on pilgrimage to those holy places, but the Christian answer is always no. Because this font here in this church, this is the place where we can know the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it is from this lectern and from this pulpit that Jesus speaks to us today. And it is at this stone altar that we solemnly remember Sunday by Sunday the saving death of Jesus Christ. It is to this font that we bring our children when they are to be baptised is here at the front of the nave of this church that we bring our loved ones when they die. This place is for us Bethlehem and Calvary and the New Jerusalem. This is the place 
where we have known and experienced God as our friend. This is the place where there is a ladder erected from earth to heaven, not just for us to go up, but the wonderful, glorious, good news of the Christian faith for God to come down. Because God, by his Holy Spirit, comes to welcome our children into his household. It is God, through his Holy Spirit, who comes to feed us with his body and blood. It is God, by his Spirit, who wipes away our tears, calms our fears, and offers us a new hope. It is here, in this house of stone, that we discover the vital truth that we don't need houses of stone. Yes, you beautifully restored it, beautifully conserved it, but of course one day it will pass away. It will all pass away. And the only thing that will remain are the things that God gives us in Jesus Christ that we receive here in this beloved house of prayer. Because this is the place where God wants you to know that he loves you and that he accepts you and that he is at home with you. This is the place where you can discover that he is your God. And because you have discovered he is your God, then just as Jacob got that stone and built himself a monument, and just as people in 1121 built the first church here, so you, in the year of our Lord, 2010, have restored this building so that you may know that God wishes to make his home in you.